the convention collective Sandbox. At Emerald City Comic Con 2019. Hi, this is Dan Barry. I'm here at Emerald City Comic Con 2019 with Damien Wassel, the vault publisher, as well as the editor-in-chief, Adrian Wassel. Can I talk about some of the stuff they're showing off the con, as well as just their company in general? So, gentlemen, revealed at um, Diamond Comic Distributors Retail Their Breakfast in Seattle earlier this week, sales against this time in 2018 are up by about 4.69%, which surely everybody's happy about. But how does this reflect with vault's numbers as a leading publisher considered as an independent? Uh, so this year for us, sales are up. I'm not going to talk specific numbers, but they're, they're up considerably. Um, that, I think, is in part due to having recently moved to FOC. I think it's also due to a run of recent critical wins at the end of 2018. So we're very excited to see how our sales unfold throughout the year. And we have some major market events you know, coming that I can't talk about in any detail <laughs> that I think are going to impact our sales in a very positive way. Uh, beyond that, we are doing full returnability on our number ones, which has really helped uh, retailers um, feel confident ordering our titles. So yeah, I would say we've definitely been enjoying a uh, big percentage increase in orders across all of our titles um, moving into 2019. Now, do you guys think that um, this increases reflected across the board industry-wide, or do you think it's just a blip? You know, I, I feel like I'd be remiss to speak in any sort of predictive way about <laughs> what the market is doing. I think that our, ours is a market that would probably benefit from fewer, fewer you know, sort of bits of amateur prognostication. <laughs> uh, right now, I think the best comics, uh, you know, some of the best comics that have ever, have ever been published are coming out. There is... You know, there's a book for nearly any reader who wants to get into reading comics, and there are a lot of amazing retailers out there doing incredible work selling books in ways that we haven't seen them sold before. So, you know, uh, steering away from quantitative predictions, qualitatively, I think that the market is, is entering a really exciting period, and there's a lot of good stuff ahead. Now, um, basically, it's all down to the content that publishers are putting out, and for the big three, at least, it's changes to the talent pool that's reflected in the sales, with business as usual, with no major course correction when it comes to tone and approach. How does Vault feel they had to respond to pressures from the likes of fan groups and critics? Um, you know, I think we've been in a unique position where our fan response and critical response has been pretty much excellent, um, and that might be just a matter of us still being newer. We're two years and, you know, one month old uh, with books on shelves, so perhaps we haven't had to engage in some of the uh, kind of feedback loops that <laughs> that uh, um, other publishers have, but I will say <clears throat> that... You know, I am extremely excited about how the market is shifting toward independent titles. Um, and our books have, we curate our catalog. Um, it's science fiction and fantasy focused across the board. That makes it really easy for retailers and readers to understand our brand. We are a newer brand, but it makes it very accessible. They know what we do. Um, we say, hey, we publish the best science fiction and fantasy. And they say, are you sure? <laughs> and then they pick up the books and more often than not they think yeah you guys publish some great books and then they find other uh series within our catalog we, we take a very focused approach 12 to f you know 15 new releases a year um and i think we 
that defines us sort of against some of the more scattershot approaches out there in terms of what kind of content, what kind of catalogs. It makes us a very accessible brand. Yeah, and beyond that, we're not encumbered with the legacy of any longstanding fandom. So uh, th- there are no you know, sort of pitfalls of perceived fan betrayal we could stumble into. <laughs> um, over, over and above which, you know, we firmly believe that good stories win over the toughest critics and we try to tell excellent stories in every book we release and what does vault or what does vault feel they may improve upon to continue to compete in this year well i think the the biggest you know improvement we can make as a business is one we've already laid the groundwork for and that is delivering books that reach younger readers so our catalog right now skews largely toward teenagers and older we have a, a ya and middle grades line coming in late 2019 early 2020 with some really extraordinary titles on it and um, i'm very excited about those adrian does a better job pitching them than i do but i think that's you know that's the step we need to take moving forward to you know continue to be competitive and to grow a new audience into reading our books yeah i'm thrilled about some of the titles that we've been able to reveal and announce and talk about here at eccc um we have a book coming out from uh paul tobin and colleen coover with galad who illustrated scales and scoundrels over at image um it's called rassel castle it's a middle grades and up book um it's like fantasy but if it's like a classic kingdom fantasy sort of vibe, but if disputes were settled with magical wrestling, um, like heavenly boot kick, and then you see like the caption and they like stomp somebody, and it's really fun and really endearing. Um, and that's just one of many titles we have. And so again, to just kind of reiterate what Damien was saying, I think um, it's incredibly valuable for us to offer younger readers content and be able to sort of age up and have a catalog that appeals to readers of every age group. Um, so parents who are big Vault fans can buy uh, books for their kids as well. Now, talking about the retailer community initiatives, that sounds like a very bold, ambitious project to support comic book stores. Likewise, could the team talk? Could you guys talk about your vintage home, vintage homage variants for the number of releases later this year? Because I noticed a few, like I think I saw a Daredevil and a Sandman yep. homage covers, and down to your booth. Can you talk about how that those ideas came about? Sure. Yeah, you want to yeah. cover Bound, and I'll do the vintage covers. Yeah. So, in talking with retailers, which you know, I try to make sure I do at least a couple times a week. Uh, I've learned that one of the most important things for comic shops are events that engage the community they're they're situated in. So I have in mind things like book clubs, mini cons, uh, small business events in their community, library events, literacy groups, and so in support of that to help grow, you know, the market for local comic shops and also the readership for our product line. We've offered retailers uh, up to a, a very large amount of free product in support of these events. And they just have to fill out a simple application on our website. And, you know, we've at the event, obviously, there there's some events that might not be right for us. Um, you know, I won't point out any specifics. But in general, we're really supportive of any event that a retailer thinks is good for them. And we're indifferent as to whether or not the product's being given, a, given away or being sold by the retailer because ultimately, it, you know, it's, it's valuable for both of us. And I think Adrian will take it away on the vintage covers. Yeah, the Vault vintage covers really just... Um kind of came together originally as a sort of pet project of Tim (laughs) Daniel, the designer, um, and my sort of vision for the brand. Uh, You know, last year when our series were selling out, 
um, you know, one right after another. And we were sort of learning a new cap on how big of a print run we could run. We were getting all these opportunities to do second print covers. And we were doing these really fun homage covers to classic, like Frank Miller's Daredevil, yeah. uh, Sandman, Tomb of Dracula, all these really, really iconic covers. And then we heard all this great feedback from retailers saying like, hey, what you guys have done is provided us a tool to get big two readers to pick up a an indie brand because they see a cover they recognize and like oh that's a really cool take on this cover they pick it up and now all of a sudden they're hooked on one of your series and so listening to that feedback we decided this year for all of our number ones um, we would do a B cover and that B cover would be the vault vintage it would be an homage to some sort of thematically related uh, really iconic cover and um, those are fully returnable uh, and totally open orders to make retailers feel like, hey, I can put this on the shelf and get fans of these iconic series to pick up something new and get introduced to a new storyline. Now, I know you talked about some upcoming projects. Earlier today, we talked to Christopher Sabella about um, him and Jen Hickman's um, Vault. How did that title come to you guys, and why is Vault the best fit for that book? Yeah, so Chris uh, actually pitched test to me his book with Jen uh, years ago, like when Vault was really just coming together before he was even working on Crowded, which has been a runaway success and a a wonderful book. And um, Jen was working on Moth and Whisper over at Aftershock. So it was just took a little while to get our, all of our sort of timelines um, in sync. But the reason that I think that book is just such a perfect fit for Vault is because it's like, it's like a biopunk Western. It's basically everything that I love <laughs> and uh, everything that sort of upholds the vault banner of, you know, sci-fi. It's um, this, the main character is like a, has made all of their livelihood, their money off of being a like test market junkie. They go and, and are like a guinea pig for all of these various new tech that don't quite exist yet or haven't hit market. And they hear about this mythical town, Laurelwood, um, and they go there uh, where the future is quite literally being sold. And it's, again, it's like a stranger in a strange town kind of story. (laughs) It's a Western, but with this crazy weird tech. So it couldn't appeal to my sensibilities anymore, which, you know, means it just fits perfectly into our catalog. Now, the head of our site is a big fan of these Savage Shores. How did the collaboration with Rom V come into about, and can we expect to see more? So, yes, you can definitely expect to see more. We're, uh, we're cooking up some very cool stuff with uh, Rom and some of... Yeah, so the White Noise guys, they're a little collaborative. They're a collective in the UK. Rom is one member, Dan Waters, Alex Packnadel, Ryan O'Sullivan, all of whom we've done books with. And the way that came together was actually Dan Waters, who did Deep Roots with us, pitched us first, pitched a book to Vault, and I immediately loved it. And then I got these pitches from a couple other creators right in a row, all of whom whose work, work I really respect. And I greenlit all of those projects. And then they said, hey, surprise. So guess what? We workshop all our books together. We're this uh, creative collective called White Noise. And you're the first publisher who said yes to you know a series from all of us. And so it's been really wonderful working with all of them because as an editor, I also get to engage. I get to engage with each one of them individually and then as a collective. And they do such a fantastic job workshopping each other's stories that, you know, like These Savage Shores is a superb title. I know it's benefited not just from my own editor, hand, but from being able to workshop it with uh, other creators who also know how I like to engage as an editor. 
you know, aside from the books that Vault puts out, what's currently on your pick list, on your yeah, pull list, sorry? Yeah, on my pull. Um, so I've been enjoying, uh, I really loved Weatherman. That's been one of my favorite um, image series. I thought that was superb. I've been really enjoying that. I really like Middle West. I love this idea of this sort of running into a kind of wizard but the wizard's just a farmer like that's a really fun hook and that sucked me in i really like middle west um and then i loved it just finished but i loved hot lunch special over at aftershock i thought that was superb um it's not a book that we would ever publish because it's just true noir it's not sci-fi or fantasy but i the story was excellent and i think the trade's coming out soon so those are three that immediately come to mind that i that i adore Oh, uh, so recently I've been rereading some classics, delving back through Sandman, etc. So I actually, my, my focus has been uh, retrospective, not prospective <laughs> lately. Uh, I, I, Adrian tends to call a reading list for me from, from current stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I, always reading what he's reading. <laughs> I think I gave you Long Lost um, from Scout not too long ago, and I know you really enjoyed that. Um, and that's, yeah, that's a, that's a great title as well. If you're into, like, really trippy, weird horror um, you, you, that's a great book. But also, if you just like extremely well-written characterization of like siblings, and obviously for me and Damien, that's appealing. <laughs> in, in that book, it's sisters, but it doesn't matter. It's it's siblings, and and I think that Matthew just nailed that kind of. They can have a conversation mm-hmm. where one person barely finishes a sentence, but the you know the sister knows exactly what they're saying. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Now, I know we talked about a couple of titles that are upcoming. Are there any other titles that you can talk about that are down the road coming? New titles, I should say. Well, um, so we've got some announcements coming out that I probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't spill the beans on those announcements. It's good to talk but, about Queen of Bad Dreams, and she said this. Yeah, I was going to. So Queen of Bad Dreams um, is by Danny Lohr and Jordi Perez, um, Diarbla Kelly. Uh, I adore... Uh, Adore that book. It's sort of like a Blade Runner esque world in which there are these fugitives, but rather than being like replicants, they're actually figments that have escaped from people's dreams. And the main character is uh, an IJ uh, who is like a basically an inspector judge. Their job is to go and track down these dream figments and see if they should be reinserted into the dreamer's mind or if they have enough agency to exist in our world. And this politician, a very powerful politician, has a son who has a figment escape from his dream that knows too much, and then the IJ has to go track this figment down and stumbles into this whole conspiracy of this like political family. It's very cool. Um, that one is out in April, and then right behind that in May, she said, destroy... Um, is it's like old gods and starships and it's a story of the morgan the goddess of death and destruction um and the break and brigid the goddess of the sun they're the last two gods left the brigid brigid has conquered like the entire galaxy and all the solar system and um this tiny little outpost of like fae this uh coven of witches that's hiding out um, they're finally discovered, and it's sort of the last stand of this one last god who's trying to survive the kind of rule of the god of the sun. Um, it's a very fun kind of war, magic, fantasy cooked into a sci-fi story, too. And, of course, we're super excited for Heathen to continue. Yep. So new, new issues of Heathen will be out 
in June and July, and the second trade paperback volume will have its release in, in July. And we're just very excited for Natasha that, you know, she's feeling well enough to work again. Uh, Wasted Space is continuing. <laughs> I love that book. And, uh, Such a good book. <laughs> you know, we'll be returning to the world of Songs for the Dead with a, a new series set in that world called The Necromancer's Map that, you know, continues the stories of the characters introduced in the first volume. Now, where can people find you guys online? Uh, our website is vaultcomics.com. That's a great place to start. All of our books are available through Amazon, Comixology, and, of course, all of your local comic shops where we encourage you to shop. Yep. <laughs> and what's the con schedule for you guys this year? Uh, definitely headed to San Diego Comic-Con next. The C2E2 right behind this made yeah, it a little week. crazy. <laughs> yeah, And then um, we'll be in London for MCM in October. Okay. Yep. Cool. No WonderCon for you guys? No, it's just a okay. little too close. We're a pretty, we're still a pretty small team internally, and okay. so that means anytime we're, we're here, it's like all hands on deck here, no hands in the office. Uh, <laughs> we'll, be, you know? we'll be hitting a couple uh, small shows that yeah. we really love. So there's a great convention in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, called SuperCon that we go to every okay. year. There's another really nice small convention in Ogden, Utah, called OgdenCon that we'll go to uh, for the first time this year. And we love doing you know sort of smaller market shows. It's a great time chance to get a lot of you know meaningful interaction with people yep. and uh, there's less pressure to rush a transaction <laughs> and uh, our, the owner of our site is actually based out of the uk so he may run into you guys at mcm oh excellent oh, yes. lovely yeah <laughs> yes and i will be at San Diego comic-con as oh, well yeah fantastic will yes. Be. yes yeah. same yeah. the same location we're always in right by fanographics and okay so in the small press type area yep. yep cool and any last words for our listeners uh, thanks for listening and you know thanks for buying comics yeah thank you for <laughs> buying comics and uh yeah, keep an eye out on some other cool stuff that's coming soon. Cool. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you.